Good morning, Anchorage, Alaska, the lower 48, and the rest of the world. This is Bruce Lindquist with his podcast, Wonderful Counselor. This is episode nine in a mini series, and it's titled The Great Persecution of 2023. I'm going to ask you to use that gift that God has given you and close your eyes, and I want you to imagine it's the night before Christmas, 2022. You're sound asleep in your little bed, but it isn't visions of sugar plums dancing in your head. No, this dream is quite unlike anything you've ever experienced, as the lines between what is a dream and reality are blurred, so you're not sure if you're awake or asleep. Christmas morning greets you, not with some stocky old elf who arrived earlier in the night with a sled full of toys. No, you're awakened by a phone call perhaps like this one. Lance Stills, as well as every news anchor around the world and their staff, received calls from the head of their networks. Lance couldn't believe what he was hearing. Come to work? It was Christmas morning. He was with his family. The grandkids were opening up their presents. His wife was making this amazing breakfast. He was home. He explained to his family he had to leave. They were stunned. He apologized and said something big's happened. It's just not me, but every news agencies are calling back their staff. When Lance got to work, Peggy, his co-anchor, looked like she'd left a warm and toasty fireplace, still with afterglow, but her face was anything but inviting. Can you believe it? They called us in on Christmas. I'm getting the union involved, she said. The other staff arrived and gathered in Leeds' Bill Mather's office. Bill turned on the monitors and throughout the world network, the managers were on the screen. What Bill was doing was happening all around the world in every type of media outlet. Christmas had just become a work day. Bill addressed the group. I don't have much information to share what's happening. It's shrouded in mystery, but there's going to be a global event and we're going to cover it. Bill shared this is what we do know. 5.45 East Coast time tonight, each major leader of their country will speak to their respective nations. And at 6 p.m., whatever this is, it'll start. You mean the President of the United States is going to introduce the event? Asked Lance. Yes, said Bill. Wait, said Piggy. Every world leader? That has never happened before in the history of communication. You mean the usual countries, said Lance. No, said Bill. Even North Korea, China, and Russia. Just pick a country. They'll all be there. You can't get neighbors nowadays to agree on anything. And all the world leaders? This is unprecedented, said Peggy. Bill shared, shelf all your Christmas stories. This is going to be the only story today. What do we tell the people, Peggy asked. Prepare them. This will be the most watched event that has ever happened, said Bill. Peggy laughed. People are celebrating Christmas. How will we get them to watch? Bill shared guardedly. They'll watch. When all the monitors were off and the rest of the staff had left, Lance came back and knocked on Bill's door. Okay, Bill, we've known each other since the 50s. What's going on? Shut the door. You want a drink, asked Bill. No, it's too early for me, said Lance. Well, it's not too early for me, said Bill, and he poured himself a small glass of scotch. You and I have been together through a lot, Lance, said Bill. We covered stories for the decades. 
like Pearl Harbor and D-Day, North Korea, Vietnam, the assassinations of presidents, Kennedy, his brother Bobby, Dr. King, covered Elvis and the Beatles, the moon landing, 9-11, so many stories. This won't compare, said Bill. You've spent a lot of your life as an investigative journalist. What makes this event worth interrupting the world's Christmas? Lance, how much does it cost for one ad during a Super Bowl? I don't know a lot. How much do you think it costs every media outlet to focus on one story for the entire Christmas day? Who has that kind of money, said Lance. Exactly my point. I get how those with new money might venture out, but this isn't just new money. Those with old money are paying as well. These people didn't make their fortune being spontaneous. They thought through planned investments. Lance, this happened in a day. It's like the richest people and the most powerful are acting like this day is Vegas. They're bidding on one number on the roulette wheel. The house doesn't do that unless they have a sure winner. Whatever's going to happen, they know it will land on that number. Lance is thinking, well, maybe it's an economic driven. Then he paused and he read the original lineup of programming for today. Wait, you mean they're canceling the NBA and the NFL games, he said? You're going to make a special breaking news announcement, and it will be repeated all Christmas Day. Maybe I'll have that drink, and he motioned Lance to the bottle. Sure, you're going to need it, said Bill. The reporters went to the work. They presented the story, and all day long there was this spe speculation buzz. What was going to happen? For some who were optimistic, they were thinking maybe a war was over like in Ukraine. Others were more pessimistic, and they thought maybe, like the movie Armageddon, there was this global catastrophe like a meteor going to hit the earth or a zombie apocalypse. Still, the realistic optimists thought perhaps something to benefit humanity, like a cure for cancer or something for the economy. But no one knew. As the news spread from those who heard it, there was a lot of fear instead of hope. The anxiety was gripping the world from the smallest village to the largest metropolis. At 5.45 p.m., the emergency broadcast system was activated, and those who hadn't followed the news that day, after all it was Christmas, were immediately drawn to their TV, computer, or phones. At, 440, at, 4, at 5.45 p.m., the leaders of each country spoke to their nations. The President of the United States came on the screen. Good evening. I'm so very proud to announce to you, with bipartisan support, we as a country have codified Roe v. Wade. Never again will a person be told what they can or can't do with their body. Abortion is now the law of the land, with no limitations, and those groups who have been oppressed in our country will be given the highest priority for this health care. But this hasn't just happened in the United States. It has now happened throughout the world. The second announcement is we also passed H.R. 5 Equality Act which means you can no longer be discriminated against for your self-identification or whom you love. This was a landmark decision that furthers the Civil Rights Act to include all the protections for the diverse populations and creates man mandatory inclusion that will result in businesses, schools, and churches no longer allowed to hide under the name of a prejudiced religion. For too long, religion has excluded diversity. Now any institution, religious or otherwise, will follow the federal government mandates 
or tax exemption status will be removed. And this further applies to nonprofits. No longer will churches be able to use hate speech from the Bible to justify their prejudice. This will also apply to any private school of any type. This news, however, is not what this event is about, that you're going to see here shortly. It is just a pre precursor. For I have spoken to all the world leaders, and for the first time in history we're united. What is about to happen has the full support of your government and every government around the world. I didn't think I would live to see this day. Your life is about to change in ways you never imagined. In just a few moments, you will be broadcasted into the United Nations. This is indeed for the United States and the world, a day that will not be forgotten. I'm so thankful I could be your president during this time. As the president signed off, a red glimmer reflected from his hand. The world watched as the leader of the UN stepped to the podium. My brothers and sisters of humanity, we have strove to solve the problems that plague our countries. Poverty, disease, and injustice, and climate. Tonight we have overcome those plagues that have downtrodden the world. I met someone recently that is literally humanity's answer to our prayers and wishes and hopes. It is my reverent honor to introduce to you the leader of the country of Romania, John Elton. John arose and walked to the podium. He had shed some of his human covering and literally looked like he was a god to be worshipped. There was a hush. When the people saw him, his eyes were their favorite color of each viewer. His appearance was that of a man, but depending on what country you were from, he looked like you. When he spoke, everyone heard him in their own language, not just in their minds, but in their hearts. It was like the most famous person who ever lived was standing before them. Reports later described this as one of those moments that you asked yourself where you were when. It was that life-defining. People who believed in God, a God, saw their God. Jewish people saw the Messiah. Muslims, it was Muhammad who was standing there. For any belief you had or hoped in, John resembled it. The only ones who were not fooled were the ones with his spirit. John spoke and all heard what they wanted to hear and were filled with a strange peace. John looked down at his watch. All disease are healed right about now. Cameras from hospitals all over the world show patients leaving. All disease and illness and injury was no longer a definition of the human condition. John announced economically the world would be universally on the gold standard. He revealed to each country where their deposit of gold was located. John looked up at the heavens. Be healed! And a blue colored dome appeared over the earth and then disappeared. You need not fear climate anymore, said John. You have access to all the wealth you need. If you want to work, work. If you don't, don't. You don't have to fear being unemployed or homeless again. John explained how he briefed each world leader how to make their economies thriving again. Then John announced on January 1st, 2023, there will be a one world banking system. All credit cards will be useless. He invited everyone around the world to wear a crimson ring. It would be the only way banking was done and the computers would register your transactions. John wasn't finished. Those of you who are hearing my voice or in prison are now released, if you wear the red ring. John looked at his watch, and now there will be no more crime, no more wars, and the lion and the lamb will lay down together. In Chicago, 
the fighting, the gang fighting just stopped. You're all safe. I have destroyed evil from humanity, said John. It is now time. His words were interrupted by the sound of a gunshot. A man standing behind John, much like John Wilkes Booth to President Lincoln, the bullet hit John in the back of the head and he collapsed to the floor. John stayed down a little while as he waited for the doctor to pronounce him dead, and then a little while longer, just for effect, and stood up with a mortal wound on his head, and then he said, I have even overcome death, and the people all over the world declared him as God. Religious leaders worshipped him, and he then announced a worldwide church where all would be welcomed. The man who shot John was killed by the crowd, who were in grief over their beloved leader's supposed death. The man was wearing a cross and had a Bible. John shared, For those who refuse the ring are traitors to this world, and many of them will be carrying Bibles. If you find anyone who refuses to wear the ring, they must be brought into stations where they will be provided another opportunity. You will know right away if you're around them, because you will feel your peace leaving. I will also reward you with whatever your heart desires. Those who do not wear the ring will not be able to purchase anything. This is the only thing I ask for you in my oversighting reign of your world. All these leaders will remain in place, but you, and you will have your freedom, and all these gifts I've given you. John looked at the dead man. This book in his hand is a hate book. It keeps you from identifying how you feel, doing what you really desire to do, and will not be a part of my church. John shared, this generation is learning in colleges around the world there must be social justice, and biblical Christianity is an oppressive religion and therefore must be eliminated. It is neither diverse or inclusive enough to embody all people. Therefore, it will not be allowed to be practiced. Those who practice it are to be identified and brought into the same stations as those who will not wear the ring. I will speak to you again soon, said John. I have a meeting between Israel and the Arab nations. We are going to agree on a seven-year peace deal. There will be no more wars, and the walls around your countries you will not need, nor will you fear again. Each world leader was now wearing a ring, and all those in the UN. And rings arrived to people from all to people all over the world. The prisoners were free and hired to work in these stations. Just like that, the will of the people around the world was surrendered to John. All over the world the scene was playing out. Those who weren't wearing the ring were being led into warehouses and were given opportunities to take the ring, and most did. There, there were, however, those who didn't, and the following scene was happening throughout the world. A man in his 60s from Maryland named Joe and his wife Carolyn and grandchildren all went into the station, turned in by their neighbors, friends, and even family. The man was asked if he would wear the ring and swear his allegiance to John. He refused. The man's wife was put under the convincing device, which was built by the prisoners, a state-of-the-art guillotine. The man was asked again to take the ring and swear allegiance, and he refused, saying there is only one God, who is Yeshua, and he is the only one he would worship. He watched the blade slice the head off his wife. It plopped to the floor, and one of the executioners kicked the head over to the man. He wept. They took his grandchildren and one by one murdered these little young ones in front of him. Will you take the ring? He said no. 
and with that his head was removed from his shoulders, and all their blood soaked the floor. Those who were in line quickly took the ring. There was only a remnant on earth that would not take the ring. Mobs formed and pastors were given a choice to follow the new Equality Act or to have their church closed. Many pastors had already compromised with unholy rainbow symbols on their churches. They agreed to be part of a worldwide church. Others, however, did not. The mob decided to not wait for the law and have them arrested. They burned the churches and the congregations alive within their buildings. What the people didn't know was accepting the ring, which now most people were wearing, came with its very own demon, which only fueled the flame of lust, hatred, and self-righteousness. John sat back in his chair. The President of the United States was across from him. Would you like some bitter coffee, said John. And on cue, the President said, why yes, I love bitter coffee, and they celebrated. John walked around the White House and looked at his ring. He was given this when he was an infant, and the spirit of Lucifer entered him, and just like the demons are entering those with the rings now. For the next seven years, most of the world would do what was right in their own eyes. They would live in a false peace, and he would give them exactly what they wanted, with no consequences, yet. He hadn't felt this good, this much like a god, since he watched Eve give Adam the forbidden fruit, and all humanity fell. That was a glorious day. Dr. Lynn and Meg had walked from daylight to the shadows breaking just before nightfall as they entered the entrance to the Underground Railroad. They felt in their spirit something had happened. They began to weep like Rachel in the Bible and were unable to be comforted. The walk took many days, but they finally reached the frozen estate of grace. John had seen many women in his lifetime but she defined beauty. There was a regalness to grace that was wrought, robed in purity and humility. Dr. Lynn felt a need to drop his head, not like grace was a god, but more in respect for a queen. He was in the presence of royalty. Grace acknowledged his respectful stance and naturally transitioned to warm welcoming, and Dr. Lynn felt a strange warmth inside him just by the slight touch of her hand on his shoulder. Why me, said Dr. Lynn. Grace said, you've been chosen. The Lord has seen your heart and all you've done for those who suffer. He doesn't need you, but he chooses to use you for your good and his glory. What am I to do, said Dr. Lynn. In this estate, there are thousands of women who have been sexually abused. And even though their sins were as red as scarlet and Jesus made them whiter than snow by his cleansing blood and filled them with his Holy Spirit, they're still afraid to leave the sanctuary. They were not created and healed for healing's sake, but to reach the world with the love of God. You were brought here to meet with each of them individually, so they will be used in the battle that has already begun all over the world. I can't heal anyone, said Dr. Lynn. Grace shared James 5 and said, Confessing your sins one to another brings healing. They need to share their story, all of it. And once they do, and bring it before the Lord, their trauma will leave their hearts, minds, and bodies, and they will be, as Joshua said, courageous, and will not fear them. Dr. Lynn looked at Grace. She pointed to an ice wall, and Dr. Lynn saw the horrors all over the world that were being done to Christ's followers. 
Dr. Lin re responded. They are safe here. Even if I could do what you're asking me to do or what God asked me to do, it's a death sentence for them. Not all of them, said Grace. The Underground Railroad must be used now for the remnant of believers that will survive until it's time. It's like when Jesus approached the man at the pool who was lame and asked if he wanted to be healed. There's a price for healing. His life will not be the same again, and their life will not either. They all have a choice, won't they, said Dr. Lin. Of course, said Grace. We all have a choice. What will yours be, Dr. Lin? Dr. Lin? Dr. Lin? It may seem inappropriate to talk about persecution on Christmas. After all, this is the birth of Christ. Yet I'm reminded shortly after Jesus' birth, every male baby was slaughtered by a power-hungry king in that region. Even now, as we celebrate Christmas, Christians all over the world are being tortured and dying for their faith. The bowl of the blood of martyrs is being filled up exponentially. Right now, you're not facing a guillotine, and you can give your life to Christ before the great persecution comes to your town. I end tonight with the words of Jim Elliot. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. What will you decide? After all, this is your choice. Join me in episode 10 for the next podcast titled The Great Escape. Merry Christmas.